Today is Friday, November 20th, 2020. Welcome back to the Conway Debrief. In this episode, I'll be talking about the expansion of power has had on our executive branch and how it may lead to an authoritarian-like government if constantly expanded the way it is. Also, the eradication of an electoral college may be highly unlikely. However, this debrief will take you into the pros and cons of the electoral system and if you really oppose the intentions of the Constitution. When talking about the Electoral College, we first must acknowledge its claim purpose. The Electoral College is basically there to represent the popular vote of that state, county, district, whatever. However, many people think that this is presumptuous and takes away from their vote, like almost bombarding it. In my professional opinion, I think those people are looking at the system too simply and out of context. I do believe that America was created on a founding promise of freedom, prosperity, and a democracy where power is equilibrium, where checks and balances are in place, where our president won't be corrupt and authoritarian. So, of course, electing a leader of this nation will call for this group of electors to, in a way, represent the vote. Because if we did go by the popular vote, do you think our nation would have effective presidents or good presidents with no corrupt agendas or ulterior motives? I don't think so, because a good 40% of the popular vote is nowhere in sync with what's going on politically, nowhere in sync with what's going on legally. Nowhere in sync at what bills the president signs at press briefings. So, people just go with their favorite political party. So, now let's elaborate on the topic of power, shall we? Presidential powers have varied over the course of American history, but the way it impacts checks and balances is another story. Formal powers are powers of the POTUS exclusively stated in the Constitution, while informal powers (coughs) are not. This plays a role in the executive branch tremendously. Over time, however, presidents have claimed powers that disturb the checks and balances in place across all federal branches. Because informal powers allows presidents to have the authority in in cases he or she wouldn't have. For example, a corrupt president will utilize informal powers to aggressively push their agenda, which may indeed be toxic to the nation. Formal powers are constitutional, but informal powers kind of let the president get his way without going through avenues with checks and balances, which checks and balances disable. For a reason, presidents have certain certain grasps of power because they are presidents. They are the leader of the most powerful nation in the world. So, for informal powers, it kind of looks un- unconstitutional in my eyes. Of their reason being, presidents aren't authoritarians. Our country operates in a democracy. A form of government that instills equilibrium across all branches of government, state and federal, local. For example, with executive agreements, 
formal and informal powers would allow presidents to act without seeking congressional approval or backing. And this could be indeed problematic, especially in the context of presidential powers growing over time. There's a reason the presidents need congressional approval, because the people didn't just vote for the president. They voted for the people in Congress also. They voted for the president's agenda. And it's important that those people have a voice in the agenda and the decision making, for they also represent the people. The people also elect who's in Congress, who's in the Senate. And at this point in political history, is it safe to say Donald Trump is enabling a coup? Him trying to overturn the election apparently shows that Donald is trying to hold on to power. We'll just have to wait and see on that one, though. Power is a thing every nation ultimately competes for. Our voice is power, which is seemingly appropriate for Americans to to want to eradicate the Electoral College. But if it wasn't for the Electoral College <laughs> this year, Joe Biden wouldn't be the president-elect. Kamala Harris wouldn't be our first Black female president, vice president elect, and Donald Trump may would have an edge. With so many million votes this year, it made the election very, very long, almost like a series, a mini series. Had everyone on there on the edge of the seat. When talking about powers, the election is a power that has so much effect on the future of our nation because who we elect, it it shapes our democracy. It shapes how our country operates and how we prosper as a country and as as social groups, ethnicities, Hispanics, Mexicans, Black Americans, White Americans, Native Americans, Everybody that live in America, that's an American citizen, and who's not an American citizen, it affects everybody. Who we elect in office affects everybody. For an example, since we're on the topic of power and the and elections, when Donald Trump was elected was elected last year, I mean 2016, the last election, it really was up to the electoral college. It, the Electoral College played a tremendous part in why Donald Trump was our president and why so many people was upset and wanted to abolish it. But it's it's legal. It's constitutional. And the way it's constitutional is bluntly written in the Constitution. The Constitution explicitly states, The Electoral College is the formal body which elects the President and Vice President of the United States. Because of this, because it's it's written in the Constitution, it's constitutional. It's definitely constitutional. And it's a reason why the Founding Fathers put it in the Constitution. Because we can't depend on average working Americans to freely and fairly and unbiasedly elect 
the president of the United States. So, I feel like the Electoral College is there perfectly to even the score. And it's, it's not a bad thing in my eyes. When I look into it and read more into it, when you look at the Electoral College, it is a system of checks and balances within the people and the government. And it's appropriate because we have checks and balances within the government. So, powers relating towards the Electoral College is constitutional. Powers relating towards the president, informal and formal. Let's dig a little deeper on those. The expansions of power has played a key role on how the executive branch operates today, let alone the federal government. The informal power the president has, like now, for an example, an informal power, the president could impose um, an executive order making a national mask mandate. But some people who voted for him is at odds with it. And so, he won't do it. But, if it was a formal power more so, and he was, let's say, um, commanding the military to um, send out masks and make sure the citizens wear it, it would need a congressional approval on that power because it's a formal power and it goes through avenues and that that um, action insists on making citizens do something. But it's in the middle of a pandemic, so we're in the middle of a pandemic, so somehow that power may, may be approved. Maybe not in the Republican Party, but definitely it have a chance to be approved in the Democratic Party, in a Democratic caucus, or whatever. But the expansions of power... Okay, how much power should the president have? On one hand, a powerful executive permits quick and decisive action for the president, which is important for responding to current events, like like um, the example I just gave. On the other hand, if the president gets too powerful, Congress and the people may lack the ability to hold him or her accountable. And that's the problem at hand. The expansions of power could lead to a very authoritarian-like government because if powers get too high or too big for the president, he can probably do most of what he wants. He can fire people of his cabinet. He can make himself the head of the government. He can make himself the lawmaker, the lawsayer, the law actor. He is the authoritarian. He has full authority. If powers are constantly expanding. That's why the expansions of presidential powers should stop. It definitely should stop. You don't want the president to have too much power. Because if the wrong president get in office, it's detrimental. So as we concluded... The expansions of power could 
definitely definitely with the structure of our government and the effect it has on cabinets, checks and balances, bureaucracies, etc. The but but you do have to understand that history has a major is is paramount in this situation. It's very paramount because Thomas Jefferson actually used, you know, the expansions of power and what if we don't know if future presidents try to use him as an example to justify their own exam uh, their own um actions on expanding power. That's why it should be some type of legislation a pass or something that that solidifies checks and balances because our constitution doesn't explicitly state that it is written in a way that shows that but doesn't explicit, explicitly states that we are a government that runs on checks and balances and and equilibrium but i will say the expansions of powers could be a good thing only if it's seen in the perspective of when a president tries to pass a law, it has to go through an, a party that that despises him or despises, you know, what he stands for. And the people voted, but the people voted for his agenda. But it's always the other party stopping, stopping it. And it's always seen as in a, a bipartisan issue. But truly and honestly, it's a government issue. I think that if, the, if a president is elected by the people for an agenda that they want to see acted out, it shouldn't be, it, it should be approval, but it shouldn't be approval to where it stops. Um, for an example, another president comes in and... Um, try to get rid of Obamacare just to make an uh the same Zach healthcare plan that Obamacare, you know, stands for and everything just to change the name of it to Trump care or whatever. Or Trump's healthcare plan. I only think it should be done if and I only think it should be done if it's the person if it's a president coming in after someone on the opposite party. So if a Democratic president is leaving office and a Republican president is coming in and tries to change the laws that that Democratic president changed out, I feel like there's a, a total overthrow of of power and democracy in a way. But we'll save that for another episode. This is a wrap on episode three of the Conway Debrief.